Okay, I wanted to get started and talk about your favorite thing in the world, cycling. It's back. World Tour Cycling starts tomorrow. Men's and women's Strada Bianca. It's one of my favorite races. It's not the biggest race in the world. Like this, this Strada Bianca was the first race completely canceled. Yes. Um, so a nice little bookend started because they've messed with the season all sorts. Yeah. But it it's a quirky, weird race on the white roads of Italy. Mm-hmm. And it just so excited. No sport have I missed anywhere close to as much as I've missed cycling. That's fair, right? Like, I mean, it, it's. I feel like it's designed for TV. Like, if you're, it's like it's one of those weird sports where it's not like where like racing. At least like, uh, like uh, should I say, car racing of any sort, they come by at least once, twice, yeah. three times. You know <laughs> what I mean? In this scenario, you literally see them for half a second, and then you're like, "Well, that was cool," and then you leave. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's a built for TV sport, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's it's great to have, it's great to know that everything's kind of coming back, especially since some of these places were rocked very, very hard, and now they're able to uh, start to... Yeah, Italy was one of the first places outside of China that really got hit with it, shut down early. Um, you know, so it's good to see that that's got to a point where we get to, you know, have some life brought back. So. Enjoy it, get excited for it, can't wait. All right, let's get it started. Time to talk about yesterday. And the star, big story yesterday was Sabrina Ionescu in only her second career game going off. Yeah, 33-7-7. Seven, and seven. Wow. You talk about... Who made her name in college as the all-around first player with a thousand, thousand, thousand? Yeah. It, I feel like it's only just starting. I don't know if it'll be as consistent at first, but I feel like, it's, I don't know, it might be. <laughs> consistency is the domain of the veteran. Yeah, I right. I don't expect consistency, but... Man, all writ- I did not expect her to show these kind of flashes this quick. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Especially after, you know, everything gets pushed around and all craziness. For her to settle in like that, I think that only shows her work ethic and her ability. Yeah, to be that ready in this situation, really impressive. And unbelievable and very, very cool thing to see right away. Okay. The rest of her team sucks. They still <laughs> lost the second most points and her team was 11 or something like that, but... You know, it's it's the, a start. It's yeah, a start change. There. Hey, the next thing I want to get into is the National Women's Hockey League. They're back, or at least they're planning on being back. Yeah, so uh, they want to get back on the 21st of January? Uh, January of 2021. Of 2021. <laughs> okay, okay. It wasn't clear in my note. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, was it the 21st or is it? I'm like, I'm like oh, there, do you have a date date? Uh, Yeah, so they announced a bunch of the infrastructure. They announced the doctors that are going to lead their kind of how they're going to get back safely. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be enough that they really can know because everything is going to have ran already. So they'll be able to have a plan that's a lot more like solid because it's kind of not uncharted territory. Yeah, the winter sports that chose to just cancel their season rather than delay it really have that advantage of they'll have a lot of 
what not to do is what works best. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do we make sure that if it is one team, it's only one team and doesn't spread to two teams or something like that. So they'll have a really good uh, idea of how it goes. And I think we will have an idea of what sports will look like until this is dealt with. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they'll still have their problems with the various strikes, and we'll have to get into that on full segment sometime in a later date. Yes. But it is good to know that they've... Exactly. And it. on that kind of same topic, as always, it seems like COVID's everywhere, Philly's staff member got test positive. Yeah, that delayed... So the they originally delayed the Friday game yeah. to Saturday. They're going to do a doubleheader. But uh, now just they've just canceled the series entirely, given the Blue Jays and the Phillies the weekends off. Luckily, no players have tested positive. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I feel like oh wow, they got out of there scot free. Thank goodness. And then all of a sudden, gotcha. Hello. <laughs> that's, that's the word. That's why you delayed in the first place. Mm, you right. have to make sure. And uh, I think they're doing all the right things. Uh, like once again, it's it's about safety over. Getting, you know, having this sport happen just so that it happens and we have to make money and da da da. You know what I mean? Yeah, this actually increased my confidence in yes. the MLB because they chose to delay it till Saturday. Yeah. And then what we saw is by Thursday, we had the kind of the results of everybody, including the staff members, come out. So delaying it till Saturday was probably the right choice. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I mean? Like, the thing about. The pushback of, well, the 60 games is that it allows them to kind of adjust and place things in spots to make sure that they do still play as well, of all things. So, like, it's it's not like it's going to be like, nope, you never play those games. And because of the way they've set it up with the three kind of groupings, this is only affecting the one grouping. The West and the Central groupings are still fine. Exactly. Zero total positive tests. Exactly. Okay. And then I want to get into, before we get to the next board, I want to talk about a weird moment that happens when the Twins game. Like, <laughs> I was, I'm like, well, I'm watching a little bit of it, and I'm like, okay, okay, you know. Like, it's weird seeing the robot fans. And then all of a sudden, dude's walking, and they have, like, a camera angle on him where he's walking near, like, like uh, the background, and the fans clip over top of him. And I was like, oh my, what? Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> like the, your your fans aren't actually th- there. They're they're everywhere. It, it's weird, man. It was the weirdest thing to see. It was like half a player just disappearing. And the camera was on his like upper body, right? Yeah. And so like the cameraman doesn't see it. So he's just watching it. No, like, yeah. Like, it has to be done afterwards. Right? And you're like, oh, this is just weird. Yeah, similar to what we talked about when we were talking about the audio in the game, that when it's done wrong, it takes you out of it really It really did. I was kind of messed up. So, And I think uh, the one thing about it is, um, like, if you're going to have this, like, fan thing, I think they're putting, like, the the line, like, the, 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 yeah, the first NFL out line first and stuff. Like, but I think they do it way better than with the first down line because, obviously... It's been done before. Yeah, I don't so, know the technology, but it seems a lot easier to add a single line. There is line. a really cool uh, documentary about the the line, the first down line, how they make it happen. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's very, very cool. Like, it's all this technology. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the triangulation and everything. <laughs> it was crazy. So, if you get a chance, check that out. Right. 
Okay. And then now let's slide over to uh, cycling again. Uh, Romanko Evanpool won his... On the top of the Pinco Blanco in the Vuelta a Burgos. Remco is the wonderkind of cycling right now. Yeah. He's only 20 years old. He won every he won world championships in every discipline as a junior. He's coming in with so much hype. I like this for a lot of people was the symbol of now he's made it. Mm-hmm. But the Vuelta at Burgos is still lower level cycling so i'm not sure to me this isn't the symbol yet i want to see it in the criterium de dauphine where obviously a grand tour would be a huge yeah i believe the plan is for him to race the giro d'italia so he won't be at the tour but he will be racing in a major grand tour among vincenzo nibli and other big names and yeah. i think that's when we'll really see is this guy the future of cycling okay yeah now i my one thing I want to make clear is that the reason why we say cycling is back is because this is the this is lower level kind of like preseason cycling. The real tours and stuff are just about to start. Yeah, taking. you think of how European sports organize themselves, and you got the tier one, like the Premier League, and then you've got the other leagues. In cycling, there's very much that setup as well. There's the World Tour, which is has all the Grand Tour teams, but then there's also um, national teams or continental teams and they race in these smaller races and sometimes the big world tour teams will come down to some of the bigger name secondary tour teams and that's what this is that's what um, the three races in the Spanish country last weekend were what's really starting in, on Saturday is the world tour the bit all every single uh, every single Grand Tour, yep. World Tour team will be there, and that's when cycling really gets started. Exactly right. So there we go. Let's get that going. We're really excited to have that back as well. So uh, another little cool thing to do with uh, the NFL, I think it's little. I think it's a bigger deal because it's Tom Brady and his team, is that Shady's going there. LaShawn McCoy going to the Bucks. Uh I think he's old. I think he's kind of on the end of his career and i mean like the very end of his career but i think it's talent and talent that tom brady can figure out what to do with yes i think the big key is he's not an every down like they're not expecting him to be an every down player yeah. so i think as a veteran he can come in 15 18 plays a game that sort of level and if he's even 60 percent of what he was at his peak at 15 games, I think he can be a difference maker. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, he has the ability to really still make people miss, and he's still pretty fast. If he only has to do it for, you know, three downs a game, you're going you're gonna to get some electricity. But it's, it's definitely not the every down, every, you know what I mean? No, that, that era is long. <laughs> it's, it's old running backs, die hard. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to the NCAA. So, uh, let's get into a little bit here. Um, the ACC delays their schedule and announces that Notre Dame will join it for one year, which is might be 
the beginning of the end for the independent. Yeah, let's talk about that before getting into the COVID stuff. Notre Dame's been in independent since 1887 or whatever it is. I don't have the year in front of me. And they've always been proudly independent as yeah. Penn State fell, as Stanford fell. Notre Dame's always been the one. That stayed true. So. And like you said, it's only one year now, but... Is it? Is it one year? Is that it? Like, what happens if they snag up Army and Navy to a different one for one year, and then it's just, they're like, guess what? That's it. Yeah, I think a big part of it is they were worried with a bunch of the Big Ten. I believe the Pac-12 has also announced that they're not doing out-of-conference games. Mm -hmm. I think, to a certain extent, Notre Dame is just worried about playing a reasonable enough schedule to get the eye of the college football playoff committee. It's very, very true. You know, I mean, it's, it's something that allows them to have a, a schedule for sure, which is uh, good for them. Um, also the SEC hasn't said a yeah, word. The biggest conference, the most important conference, the Pied Piper conference. And we've heard nothing from them. Strange. Very, very strange. I don't know if, like, I feel like they deal with places that are the hardest hit. That's true. So it's complicate. I feel like it's them just holding their breath, hoping that this blows over enough, or they're just going to start anyway, which... Just power through. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, I have a large problem with uh, the NCAA happening. Uh I mean, I love NCAA football more than anything. It's the most exciting sport to me. Um, but them making kids that they do not pay have to play. And the reason why it's have to play is because you're talking about millions of dollars for some of these kids. Millions of dollars and they have zero. Yeah, if you're like... Trevor Lawrence and yeah. Justin Fields, the big names are going to get drafted. No regardless. matter what. Yeah. If you're a... Uh fifth round pick and you think you can really show yourself off to get to a second round pick something like that you're not going to pass it off no matter what the risk is. exactly right so it, it just seems wrong to me and i think it should be i think you should pay the players period if you're gonna have this happen because if it's not a wage and they're walking away from like this free education like do they do they lose their education if they don't play you know what i mean like you have like you have all this power to make sure that these kids have real choice. Yeah, you're a multi-billion dollar industry. You should be yeah. paying the players regardless. Yes. But you're absolutely right that the fact that they can't unionize, or at least they're not unionized, they're not getting paid, makes it impossible to justify this on a moral basis. Yeah, like, it's every school, like, is going to be figuring out some sort of hybrid to completely remote learning. Like, and then you're going to have, oh, but you guys have to go smash your heads together, yeah, these, rub together, these cough on people. each other, right? <laughs> and then well over a hundred people when they come to the home games. Yes. Right? You know what I mean? So like, what, like, what, what, what's the plan here? There's no reasonable way to justify this. Like watching college sports, like you said, it's, I love college football as well. It always takes a little bit of you got to shut a bit of your brain off to watch it to really mm, enjoy it. Yeah. But this year with the COVID everything, it would just be levels of Orwellian double think that are 
it's unacceptable. Exactly. And the, the craziest thing to me is that we they had the conversation. There is like the, the NBA, uh, what is it, the G League or one of those leagues yeah. is paying like $500,000 to the top like three people that came out and went there. And they're like, you yeah. know. Football players, there is no... There's yeah, no there's secondary league. And they're like, guess what? Well, you can make money off of your likeness now. What? What? Yeah, that's clearly just an attempt to delay. like The inevitable. You don't want to pay yourself, which you should do, because, as I said, you're a multi-billion dollar industry. You yeah. should be playing, paying the people who are allowing you to make that money. It is a step, but to me, I get the feeling it's just a step to try to avoid what you should be doing rather than a good faith effort to try to help these Exactly. Players. And I, well, let's have a conversation about if they get sick and then let's say they're not able to play, continue the rest of the year. And then let's say like the kid gets really sick and he's not able to play anymore. You know what I mean? Like lungs damaged, no longer an option for him. You yeah, know, it's... there's some weird complications that have happened with this. So if, let's say some, one of these kids gets really ill. And isn't able to is he does he lose his uh, ability to continue to the school? Because before injuries mean, meant that's it. They take away your your scholarship because yeah, you're not been playing. Absolutely heartless in many scenarios. And it, like if if it is about education, like which they claim that it's first and foremost, then where like do something? Because I I it, it, this makes me crazy. Like upset, these players finally have some sort of leverage to make sure that there's real change. They need to make sure that it's like, hey, like if you want to go, there needs to be something to make sure that we're good. It can't be, well, do you want to be able to play? Uh, do you want to be able to get paid a million dollars instead of two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Here's this basketball. Let's go. You yeah. know what I mean? D up. Like that's how you get the. That like, you want freedom. Like. You want to be able to get away from your situation where you live. Some of these kids are from nothing. And you're going to be like, okay, hey, well, you go, like, now your opportunity's gone. Yeah, I want to approach this from a very specific situation. Mm. Uh, we saw Caleb Farley, the Vatek corner, yeah. uh, po- probable first-round pick, it seems like, yeah. uh, say he's not going to participate in this season. Right, and it's the best part about that for him is that he's a first-round pick. Yes. Right? Like, he's going to get picked somewhere in the top two to three rounds. Like, what, like, what, like, that does not speak to the person who's just grinding right now, like, ready for his breakup. Yes, how many people are going to follow him, and what kind of people are going to follow him, do you think? Right? Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's got to, like, there just needs to be a real conversation of, like, do they even really ethically have choice? Like, yeah. once again, if the, for the chance of education, like, if they walk away from the season, do they walk away from this year's education? Like, they're ne- like, like give, give me, give us some sort of... My guess would, just from the PR perspective, yeah. that this season, nobody, be... nobody's losing anything, but my worry is once the eyeballs come off of it. Like you said, that, that theoretical person who got really sick. No. This first year... Yeah, we got you. We're going to help you because the eyes are on you and it would look really bad. But let's say it takes five years for that person to get their degree. Are they still supporting them? Yeah. Throughout that once the eyes have and, left? Yeah, you know, it's like I, I have friends who've stopped 
partaking in the NCAA because they like they have a problem with them not being paid. Uh, the stories of uh, uh, March Madness where kids haven't ate, like they're like oh, I haven't ate in the last you know day because we, I didn't have enough money for food, but I'm not allowed to work. I'm not seeing any money from this. Like that, like that. Those stories kind of stick with you, but like this is just getting. Orwellian is right. You, yeah, I think it's useful to keep eyes on it. Transparency yeah. is really important because what we've seen the last, say, four years is we've seen improvements. We've seen increased food, as stupid as that sounds. <laughs> we've seen food. this lightness. I just feel like it's it's just, I don't know, man. It's getting tough. It's getting tough, and this is really putting a damper on my spirit. The NCAA has shown that they'll have to be drag kicking and screaming, but we can drag them with enough public pressure. Yeah, I did, to me, it's like I'm starting to see the eye, the eyes of, like, where some people aren't watching because like, they like they say the word slave labor, and now I'm really starting to I don't know, man. Like, this is like, this is, like do something. Do something real, and it needs to be now. Because something late to be like, well, now we're going to pay the players after and then guarantee their education for the next four years. And you know what I mean? Like these things need to be done and need to be now. Yeah, we need to acknowledge the power imbalance and set up whatever. I'm not a lawyer, but set up yeah. legal setup. You would have to put in place. I mean, but you, you sign a contract to be, you know what I mean? Like to to be to go to the school to make sure that you're there and everything like that. But like once again, you can get hurt in, in early, and they can be like, "Oh no, it's gone." So yeah, yeah, you made a lot of good points, but I think it's time to move on to something a little bit lighter. We'll be back in a second with the NHL playoffs. <music> The NHL is back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do a quick little preview. Any series that sticks out to me? Um, I think the one we have to talk about because it's your team and our local team is Edmonton uh, is going to play against the Blackhawks and then Calgary is going to play against the Jets. But there's a chance that they could be playing right, right in the second round, right? No, because uh, there's the, there's the 18s of the bye you're forgetting about. No, oh, man, this is the worst visual of all time. <laughs> I just want to stop. It looks like they play, and then it's like, oh, and then they just fracture up. But I don't know. Well, there's a chance that we may see. Uh, oh well, that's no fun. Boo! <laughs> oh, this is the worst visual ever. There, it's a unusual NHL playoffs we're about to see. I'm so glad we're talking about it because I'm upset with this visual. <laughs> I'm going to, oh. but okay. So Calgary and the Jets, I think we need to talk about because I think this is a kind of a weird one after. I think this series will come down to how good is Connor Hathaway. That's fair. He's been the best goalie in the league this year. But with this layoff, is he still going to be the best? Yeah, the ice cold. They're just throwing everything past him. He's just full of holes, Swiss cheese in them. I think outside of the net, Calgary's got the better team. Yeah. So, but Heliobuck is so good that he could easily, this could be a three-game series and Calgary scores two goals in the same way that last year when it was Calgary-Colorado, 
Calgary yeah. couldn't do anything, and Nathan McKinnon just stomped cool. on their yeah. throats. Yeah. This could be another one person defeats the Calgary Flames this year. Yeah. And then let's get to the Oilers and the Blackhawks. What good so do you think Connor McDavid will be? I feel like he's going to not have missed a stride. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be his show. He's going to be on fire. Uh, and I think it's going to just, this going to steamroll through that team. Yeah. Uh, there is, because it's hockey, there's like, yeah. the heavy favorite in this series has like a 55%. Chance <laughs> to win, especially in these first round, just five best of five series. Vegas takes no risks. What? <laughs> <laughs> But I really think one of the best things you can have is just a superstar player doing superstar things. No. And there's nobody better than Connor McDavid. So I think that would be my safest bet. Yeah, exactly. I think that one to me is like the easiest one to say, like, we're going to see the Oilers move on. Yeah. But uh, the other ones that, you know, there's some pretty nasty heads to heads that I kind of really want to see. Um, I'm going to slide over here to. Uh, Toronto and Columbus. Yeah, this is a weird game. If it's I if I follow weird. my logic of the superstars, the superstars are on Toronto. Yeah, but but they're also they're not as well rounded superstars. Yeah, it's I mean it's very top heavy on the scoring side, not so much on the other like side. Austin Matthews is great, and like TSA, like just. The nature of Toronto is you're always they're always going to be overhyped. Exactly right. So I'm not sure. Like I don't put Austin Matthews anywhere near Connor McDavid. He's great, but yeah. still they do have John Tavares, the veteran. Yep. Uh, and Columbus, we haven't mentioned a single Columbus player because yeah, it's not right. really a single significant. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like Columbus is that team because Columbus is such a well coached. Uh, you know, everything working together, all the pieces going, all the gears of a machine that make it go. I don't know if that starts game one, game two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if that isn't the case and they're in real trouble, right? Yeah. So, you can definitely see the series being a sweep either direction, like just one team nah. is ready, and the other team ready. is not. Yeah. Um, the Penguins and uh, the Canadians, I think the reason why I want to talk about that is because I feel like this is going to be the only blowout. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the one I feel most confident about. There's yeah. no reason to believe yeah. Montreal, except for the fact that it's hockey and it's only a five-game series. There's no other justification. Yeah, I feel like, like, the, the, like, I mean, I said that when I talked about the Oilers and Blackhawks, but I feel like... The, I feel like that's the most going to be the most ready team where I feel like this is just going to be the most absolutely dominating team like performance <laughs> and it's just because you have Sid the kid the his guys have been in these games over and over and over and over and over and over and over yeah so like you're going to see him like just be ready to go and whatnot but I mean he's is he out the first game or is he fine uh, now? He appears to be back. The, the NHL, we talked about yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Opaque and annoying the thing. It's not fun tell, for the viewer. But he is back in practicing. Yeah, so, I mean, like, let's let's assume he's back. But either way, those dudes are hungry, and Sid's not letting him not be hungry. So The other four series, I think, are all basically coin flips. Islanders, Panthers. I don't know. I feel like the Isles have been real solid coaching-wise. 
Uh, yeah, props is made a big Yeah, difference. right? And I just feel like that's going to be... I feel like that gives them a tip to their side. Um, and then I, I feel like the Rangers, I don't... Are such a wild card that I'm going to be like, that's probably 50-50 to me. Yeah, is it Artemi Panarin going to take the day? Is it, you know, Dougie Hamilton? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, it's just... I'm like, is it this? Is it that? Like, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. It's the weirdest organization that is owned by Dolan. Because it's good. Yeah, luckily, <laughs> Dolan doesn't seem to care much about it, right? So, I mean, it's like they like they'll be fine. I just see them as like this kind of like no, <laughs> you know. So that I feel like it's gonna be fifty fifty game. Do you have anything to say about the back end of the Yotes Predators? Yeah, uh, think Taylor Hall can finally win a playoff series. Uh, you don't think so. <laughs> but hey, you know, it's. I feel like a, a dude who's going to be ready for this is going to be Taylor Hall. I mean, he's he seemed to settle down a lot. So obviously, Taylor Hall needs to lose this series so that he can win the draft. Line oh, you're right. That's what Taylor that's, Hall does. Best. He's the best for that. So the Coyotes are really banking their. <laughs> And then uh, Canucks Wild, you got the young, potentially star-laden Canucks against the Wild who fired their coach. Yeah. Just before this kind of broke out. Very, very weird. Uh, I feel like that kind of gives the Canucks the the tip. You know what I mean? Like, it matters. Like, you're losing a coach, like, and then, like, getting everything back to go. Like, is it the coach is running the same thing because he doesn't want them to be off? But you fired one of the best coaches in the NHL. Yeah. I know he hasn't been able to win in the playoffs that well, but I'll still take Bruce Bruto to coach my team any day of the week. That's fair. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's very, kind of weird, but hey, we'll see exactly how that pays off for them in the end. I feel like it's a risky maneuver, but I guess they didn't expect this at all either. No. So. No, this is not something... Nobody was going into the season saying, let's plan for our August. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's get that going. So, I mean, um, do you think there's a negative effect for the teams that aren't? Oh, that is a good point. They do have, there's like a little mini tournament they're having amongst themselves, but there's no way you could replicate the intensity. I think the fact that it's a seven-game series next time is a big deal because I bet of the eight. Yeah. Six or seven are going to get punched in the mouth game one. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they're going to be like, okay, let's go. And it's going to be like, just start swinging at them right away. You know, drop the gloves. They're like, gosh, what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, it just has to be that that moment of, like, like screaming at the top of your lungs while everything's (laughs) flying around you. And then it's just game over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, We'll see how it pays off for them. But I, I would argue that I think... Everyone should have played, you know what I mean? Just to have something, and then it led to, like... Yeah, if I could bot. cover the world, I would have just said 16 teams, points Two percentage, seconds, yeah. just get it started. It's going to be weird anyways. We're all going to... We're always going to be asking a question, should there be an asterisk? Yeah. Anyways, this is kind of, to me, a bit of a waste of time, but... I mean, whatever team wins, you're never going to be able to take it away from them. But it's like, you're every, they're always going to be like, but was it, though? We'll say, uh, that didn't really count. And one team will be, of course, just count it. Yeah, of course, right? You can't, for me, you know. No. So, 
Hopefully some weird team wins. Hopefully it's like we're just so very wrong and Coyotes just sweep the whole thing <laughs> under the rug and they win it and they get to be like, yay! Yeah. And then wonder why Desert has a hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's it for us today. Uh, we'll see you Monday. Uh, exciting um, to be back for a whole week. Yes, it's been great. Thanks for listening. 